Hey y'all, hey. Welcome to the podcast. This is Thorns and Vines where we cast pearls just not to swine. Uh-huh. You like that? Good, me too. <laughs> I'm your host, Miss Cassie Molassi, and I am so excited to share with you all. Thank you for joining me again for another season. Um, in 2023, baby. 2023, we made it. So um today's just gonna be a little introductory. We're gonna talk about a couple of things and how we're going to move forward. Um, and just to get you, you know, acclimated to the climate here, it's been a long time. So go ahead and blow the dust off of your earphones because baby, we here, we here. Um, and it's been a long time coming. So, um, we bless God for you for riding through the, you know, the waves and the ebbs and flows of this podcast. And if you're new, welcome to the craziness. Here are three things that we talk about here. Uh, me, (laughs) Jesus. And um, me, again, (laughs) this podcast is literally a journey of Cassie growing up through Christ and figuring out things as a businesswoman, as a woman, as a believer of Jesus Christ, and as all things Jesus and holiness and righteousness. And sometimes, if we're really honest, this walk gets very, very ghetto. And the good thing is, is that... I just happen to be one of the most transparent podcasters that I know because, (laughs) baby, if it gets rough, I'm finna tell ya. Uh Uh-huh. But, um, again, thank you for joining us. Um, let's get ready to rock and roll. All right, y'all, let's start off with a little word of prayer and then let's get into what we need to talk about today. Um, Gracious Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for being woken up in our right minds with the use and activities of our limbs. We thank you, oh God, for your presence being everywhere that we need it to be. So Father, as we listen to this podcast, as I speak, let somebody be um, encouraged, let the body of Christ be edified, let us find transparency, but most of all, Holy Spirit, let us find the truth in your word. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to talk about a couple of things real quick. Um, I just want to update you guys on what's happening in my life and how God has just been transforming some things. So um, first things first, I had a birthday. I celebrated my 32nd birthday on the 4th of February. And it was such an amazing time. Um, Your girl was a Barbie. It's my Barbie era. Okay, soft era. I'm tired of being hard. I'm really working on vulnerability and... um, How that's working on in the kingdom is quite interesting, and we'll talk about that later, but yeah, it's real ghetto. When you've learned and taught yourself to be the strong person because nobody else can take care of it for you, um, how you present that in your everyday life definitely reflects how you present yourself to Christ in your spiritual walk, and undoing that, devastating. Like, I don't think... We talk about vulnerability enough in the body of Christ, especially when you've had to be, um, or since I'm a black girl, so the strong black girl trope has been embedded in my life. And that undoing in the body of Christ has been horrifying, rewarding, definitely rewarding, but emotionally traumatizing. Like, am I the drama? Yeah, baby girl, you're the drama. Um, And that shows up in multiple ways, but... Yeah, yeah, let's segue here. Okay, so for example, um, vulnerability has been one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my entire life. Like I will literally rather I pull my, scratch my eyeballs out of my scalp before I have to be vulnerable with somebody to share intimate feelings or emotions with them. Um, it just really does something to me. And I, and a part of me feels like it's pride, um, you know, and we're we're working on that. And the other part of it is really just the fact that I'm giving you the intimate spaces of my heart. I'm giving you sensitive words that reflect my true um, feelings towards you. 
And at any given moment, if you decide to be raggedy and janky, you could turn that around and use me. And now I feel like, <coughs> excuse me, I have to defend myself, which means like I have to be vicious and evil towards you because you took private moments and you made them public or you made me feel dumb for having them. And I have this thing about making me feel stupid in front of other people. Um, yeah, I'm going to talk to my therapist about that because that just unloaded something else. But all this to say, on my 32nd birthday, um, I ended up having dinner with a couple of my close friends. Um, I Again, my soft era Barbie. So your girl was de decked out in all pink, <laughs> looking good. And my cousin had us all go around the table. There's about 10 of us. And each person had to say something about me, how they met me and what they love most about me. And baby, when I tell you, I went home and I was a bucket of tears, buckets and buckets of tears, um, just because God is so faithful and he's so righteous. And this is going to segue right into what we want to talk about. Um, and I want to, I think I'm going to name it like it makes sense or it'll all make sense. Um, there's a song that my spiritual mother used to sing all the time, um, it won't always be like this. The Lord will perfect that's concerning you. Because sooner or later, it's going to turn in my favor. It's turning around for me. And I feel like sometimes we don't feel like the turnaround is coming. Or like this walk isn't worth it. Um, and we just be like, I mean, praise God for the, for the selection. But it ain't turning. Um... And I think, feel like those are pockets of our faith that we really need to explore on. Um, so all that to say, I'm sorry, we're going back to dinner. Um, they said these beautiful, beautiful things about me. And what they didn't understand, what they didn't realize was they were tracking my history with God. I talked about that in a past podcast about tracking your history with the father and how he's faithful. So that when we get in times where it's like, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. You reflect on the times where we didn't understand how he was going to do it. And he showed up right on time because that's the type of God that we serve, right? So, um, I just was buckets of tears because they were people who I've known since I was 14 came out and they were just talking about how I've grown as a, um, as a woman and, um, just my faith in Christ and bringing back memories of how I prayed for people and how I ministered to them at the young age. Like I got saved at, like in my past podcast, y'all would know, but like, if you knew here, your girl got saved at 13. Okay, and I went to, uh, well, it's now not non-denominational, but very Pentecostal-like vibes. So, like, we were strict, you know, and we had a very good community. I will say that about my former church. We had a great community. So, I didn't really experience the in and outs of church. Um, I just was a church girl through and through. Um, and I'm thankful for it. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were some things that came with it that I had to undo and grow from. But as a whole, um... I'm thankful, <laughs> baby, thankful, because there are some things I just didn't get caught up in because I just didn't have opportunity and I just bless God for that. Um, was it a hindrance in some areas? Yeah, but all I just say this again, community was great. We had a great support system. Um, but in that, I was able to live out my life saved. Um, to be honest, I don't think I've had a breakdown in my faith until 30 happened. Okay, when my dad, my, when my dad passed, it was real shaky. When my spiritual mother passed, it wasn't shaky no more, baby. It was broke. <laughs> I was gone. Um, and then getting myself together or allowing God to get me together. Because, baby, I, if it was up to me, me and Stella Rose and Teleport would have had some children. And it probably would have evolved into something darker. Like, it was a very dark journey. But I'm just so thankful for the light of God. Um, 
yeah we'll talk about that later on but this is remember this is just an introductory um just going through that process and learning how to grieve and letting go um took 30 31 and those were the darkest times of my life um in my faith very scary very scary times um but now 32 I woke up with so much joy in my heart so I'm just so thankful I'm just so thankful um so again the encouragement for this today before we get you know (laughs) off record the encouragement for today is you'll be the one or it'll all make sense you can take whatever one you know helps you out the most so um I'm going to do this as a journey through my life and then I'm going to apply scriptures or, um, you know, passages from the Bible and you can just, you know, do the research that you need to do to make it make sense because I know all of us are not, um, well read through the Bible and that's cool. You know, I encourage everybody to do what they can because, um, again, although I love a good song, love a good gospel, love a good CCM, um, sometimes lyrics are not, not sometimes lyrics will not sustain you through all times. Um, unless you have, you know, old school hymns and we refer to him simply because they are literally built out of the word of God um but if you just you know listen to what's catchy and popular that's cool for a season but if you don't know the word of god baby i trust and believe you will not stand the test of times you you know i put my trust in jesus my anchor to the ground yeah that's really talking about you know building your house upon the rock and who's the rock jesus okay and how can you know jesus if you don't know his word i'm just saying just saying make it make sense you gotta know your word people of god please please i beseech you there for brethren get into your word of god okay now that we're off that so at this dinner we were talking about um you know just how again how i met them and how i encouraged them throughout their walk and things that they loved about me right so they talked about my history with god how um in times that they knew that they could trust me in times that they knew that i would always be with them um through thick and thin how I would pray for them how I was able to hear their ideas how I was able to provide friendship how I was able to just stand in the gap for them and how I never changed and when I told you I got got saved at 13 so I made my first best friend I think when I was in middle school um I don't know how old we were in middle school I'm old now (laughs) don't judge um but I distinctively remember I made my first friend her name was Adrea and um we stayed up all night planning a youth conference I'm like 14, if that, because 14 literally is probably ninth grade. So let's take it back to like 11, because your girl was in sixth or seventh, planning a youth conference, had a, (laughs) had t-shirts, I called hotels, I emailed and wrote letters to local churches to see if they would allow their kids to come. Now, baby, now, trust me, it didn't go nowhere because your girl didn't do it. But I was just like, wow. And I was laughing. But my friend, um, I call him my son. His name is Rel. He was like, do you understand, like, how crazy that is? That since the age of 13, you've been developing and cultivating lives to live for Christ. And in that moment, I could, I almost wanted to, because we're in an Indian restaurant, I almost wanted to lift my hands up and scream, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who is and is to come. Because there are times and pockets of my life where I felt like I wasn't doing enough. There are times and pockets of my life where I feel like God has forgotten about me, where I did, or when I did too much, I was too holy, I was too righteous, I was unrelatable, I was too this, I was too that. And in that moment, it all came together. That God always had a plan, yes, but like it all makes sense. It makes sense why I had to get saved or why I chose to be saved because 
you know, salvation is, is a choice. Um, it made sense why I stayed the course. It made sense why he wouldn't let me go to the left too far. It made sense why I had these parameters around me. It made sense why I had the friends I had. Like, trust and believe. Your girl was cool. Okay, okay, maybe not too cool in high school, but, like, I had friends, and I remember times when I was like, I want to go out with y'all, because um, up here, um, there was a there was this time and space where dance hall music and um, dancing was a thing up here. So, we used to take um, ourselves out to, like, Connecticut and go to, like, these clubs, and soca music and all these things were playing the West Indian um what are they called? West Indian social clubs would have like these halls and they would just be, you know, young people dancing, right? Whatever. And my friends would just be like, oh, we going out tonight. We going, we going, we going. And I'm here I am. I want to go. Nah, Cash, you good. <laughs> Gerber. They used to call me Gerber. I can't stand them. <laughs> Gerber, you can't go. And I was like, that's not like, that's not cool. Like, I want to go. I want to have fun. Nah, you a church kid. We can't do that to you. We're not doing that to you. And they did it consistently throughout high school. Like, I could not hang out with my friends when they wanted to go do some random young people stuff because I was a church girl. And it didn't make sense to me. And I was offended, baby. I was offended in my lower because why? I just want to be cool. I just want to be like Mike. Like, why y'all not letting me live? Why y'all not letting me live? But in that moment, it made sense. It made sense why I felt so lonely. It made sense why I couldn't, you know, um, be like everybody else. It made sense why I was a sore thumb. It made sense why God laid certain principles and um, burdens on my heart. It just made sense. And it brought me to, um, I was at Bible study the other night, and it brought me to the passage of Genesis, uh, yeah, Genesis chapter 45, right? And this is the time period in the Bible where they're talking about Joseph. Joseph was the boy with the many colors on his coat and his brother sold him because they was raggedy and jealous. Yeah, that Joseph. So it came to a point in the, in the um, passage where Joseph um, revealed to himself or revealed himself to his brothers because they were in the land of famine and he had been upgraded. Hmm, baby, upgraded. You hear me? They went from throwing that man into the pit to that man was the reason why they was able to survive through a famine. Okay, God elevated Joseph. Um, But the point I'm going to get to is that when he went to reveal himself to his brothers and he said, yo, it's me. It's me. I'm your brothers. It says that Joseph wept so harshly that the Egyptians heard him, that all the people in the, you know, the temple or the court or whatever, you know, house he lived in, they all heard him. And um, it was interesting to me because I was like, he crying. Like, he not. <laughs> like, this man is crying from the depths of his soul. And I didn't um, understand, like, why would you... Boy, why are you acting like this in front of your brothers? Like, these are the ones who sold you out. You, mm, 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 stand up, my boy. Stand up. But then I began to remember the journey that Joseph had to go through. Joseph was, like, the least liked out of all of his siblings, right? Because his parents were the one, like, his mom and dad were the ones that were truly in love. His other brothers and siblings, like, they, they didn't come from the mother that was loved by his daddy. Jacob didn't love his mom, they mama. He loved um, Joseph's mom. Um, so they already felt a way about Joseph. They was mad that he had favor. They stole his coat. They threw him in the pit. Then they, first of all, they was going to kill old boy. But then brother was like, all right, nah, not too much. Not too much. We ain't finna kill old boy. Just go ahead and sell him. They sold him. 
Okay, so Joseph's on this journey. Then he gets to Potiphar's house. Potiphar is like, all right, homie, this is what you're going to do. You're in charge of X, Y, and Z. Do this. Joseph had favor on his life, right? Potiphar done grew rich. Potiphar like, all right, all right, this young man know what he doing. It's lit. He gives him authority. He gives him, you know, more land, more promises. Um, You know, just really hands over the, the reins to his domain. Like, Joseph, this is your land. Like, work this. You making me money. This this you this your place. He's living his best life, favor, doing all the things. Stella being being extraordinaire. And here come raggedy old Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife sees that Joseph is fine. Potiphar's wife sees that Joseph know what he's doing. That's a man's man. You see how he working that thing. I don't know how to act slow motion for me. That's how she that's how she was acting. She was just, you know, being lusty, nasty. Um and then she tried to sleep with him, right? And Joseph said, absolutely not. Can't do it. Uh, won't be able to do that for you. And he tried to run away. Potiphar, Potiphar wife get mad. Tells Potiphar, oh, your man tried to get at me. Potiphar said, oh, wow. I know he didn't, but oh, wow. <laughs> Joseph, you got to go. I can't do this. Joseph said, all right. Joseph goes to jail. Joseph goes to jail. It's miserable. Because now, it, now it's a cycle, okay? This is the second time old boy got, got put in a pit. So, and it's not his fault. So now he's in jail. He's in jail. Of course, he finds favor in jail because the favor of God is upon Joseph. And um, he comes in contact with some men. Um, he has to interpret some dreams and all that good stuff. And he said, please don't forget about me. Please don't forget about me. They said, we're not going to forget about you. They end up getting out of jail. And um, guess what they do? They forget about him. So, yeah. You ever have an expectation that you're going to get out somewhere? Like, I'm one of those people that put all my eggs in a basket. And I know I'm too old for that, but I do. As soon as old boy or somebody will say, hey, X, Y, and Z is the movement, I put everything into the movement. And when the movement don't pan out, I be devastated. Like, why? Y'all didn't even have to do all of that. Like, you didn't even have to say that you would remember me. You could have just said, uh-huh, you know, stay safe out there, my bruh. Um, but y'all told Joseph that y'all was going to remember him and y'all forgot him. So now Joseph is met with disappointment. And yet, and still, he keeps going, right? He keeps going. And then, um, he finally gets remembered. Um, he does his part. Pharaoh sees him. He's like, I get him out of jail. He has favor upon him. He's able to be in charge of the storehouses. Famine comes upon the land because Joseph had favor. He also had wisdom. So, he was able to save literally the nation with his um, famine strategic planning. All right? All that to get to this. Joseph goes through hell and back. Literally, his life is a representation of a cycle of forgiveness. Because when you do work, um, you can't have a heart full of uh, bitterness because you won't be able to see out the right perspective, if that makes any sense. If Joseph decided to be a bitter man, he wouldn't be able to receive the blessings that was coming towards him. Why? Because God can't give you something that you don't have the capacity to maintain. Bitterness, mm -mm. It, doesn't, it doesn't do well in the kingdom of God. Um so yeah heart check but yes all this to say he goes he gets um again the strategic planning cool his brothers end up having to come to him they don't recognize him and then it makes sense why he had to go through what he had to go through because he was the key he was the key to his family's survival and i just want to encourage you that hell might be breaking out 
on all sides. Things just don't be adding up. You don't know why you're the black sheep. You don't know why every time you turn around, something is happening and you worshiping the true and living God. Like, it's not like you out here doing new age Christianity. It's not like you out here doing what everybody else is doing. Like, you are living a life that is consecrated and separated from God. And this just seems like there's no break. Like, every time you have a good time and you see the favor of God, guess what happens? Something comes and wipes it out. Imagine how Joseph would have felt when he realized that all that he had worked for, he had made Potiphar some money. Like, don't get it twisted. David was, I mean, David, Joseph was doing the daggone thing. And then he gets stolen in jail out of a lie. A lie. Potiphar didn't even want to put old boy in jail, but he had to for the honor of his wife. A lie. He got thrown in the pit by his brothers because he revealed a dream that God gave to him. How are you mad at me? But I'm having dreams from the Lord. How are you mad? Imagine the emotions that he had to wrestle with. And then because he chose to forgive because in the passage, it talks about how he would, he really wanted, I, if we want to be honest, Joseph wanted to whoop tail. Joseph wanted to, oh, Joseph wanted to fight. But he, you know, submitted his emotions to the Lord. And the Lord was able to show him how he had to go through these, um, these pits, highs and lows for this very moment. You'll be the one. You're going to see why it had to be this way. Why you had to go through that. And it reminded me of um, something else that we read in the Bible often. Um, we talk about Jonah when he uh, was supposed to go to Nineveh and he was acting real disobedient and God, you know, let him go up into that sea. Um, I heard a pastor preach a message and he talked about the whale and he talked about how or the fish, whichever you refer to, um, that the only reason that this particular animal creature, water creature was created was for Jonah. Everything in your life is for one thing. That fish lived its life and was only used for Jonah. You'll be the one. And I had to sit there with that to say, if nothing else happens, if I don't pray for another person, if I don't sing another song, if I don't preach another sermon, if I don't teach another class, if I don't do anything, that one person whose life I shifted towards Christ because of my obedience is worth it all. So I just want to encourage you that it's not always going to be like this. Yes, life gets rocky. Yes, life be having hands. But it's not the end all be all. It's not. There is a reason for every season. God has a plan. And when we look at Joseph, why he was crying, it was because it was a relief. Oh my God, it makes sense. But in that, he was so vulnerable. And that was the part that got me because if we wanted to put it in, you know, in our terms, we've been like, his brothers was haters. I'm not never going to let my enemy see me cry, but he didn't even care. He didn't even care because it makes sense. And when you get to that point in your life and your walk with Christ or to, you know, cause we have many, um, many highs and lows sometimes, or just stagnant periods. Or when you get to a place where you're kind of like, it makes sense. It don't matter 
It don't matter. It don't matter who's looking at you. It don't matter. When things start coming together and you realize what God has done and how he made it turn out for your good, how you you realize the things that you prayed for are actually coming to fruition. It don't matter who's looking at you. It don't matter. It don't matter. You see radical praises when they be running around that church or when they be shouting or when they be screaming or they're in continuous weeping. It doesn't matter. Why? Because I see what God was doing in me, through me, for me. He made sure that Joseph's heart was still pure so that he could be in a position to show mercy to those who sold him out. Them jokers was finna kill him. They was finna take him out and then said, nah, we'll just sell him. Could you imagine your siblings? At this point, I mean, the way that I be rocking in life, I be like, just take me out because I don't got time. I don't, I don't even have the emotional capacity to sit there and realize that my brother sold me. Just take me out the game. But to see the favor of God over his life, to see why he was able to overcome all these things, it never once in the text talks about how Joseph complained. Now, we're all human, so I'm pretty sure, you know, he felt the way. I'm just saying in the text, we don't see him really complaining. But what we do see is him honoring God in all his life. What we do see is a continuous relationship with God. What we do see is the favor of God still manifesting in his life. I encourage you to keep going. I encourage you to honor God with your life, even in the hard times. I encourage you to let your life honor God. No matter what it looks like, no matter how it feels, despite the circumstances. I think that sometimes um, in this year of 2023, I'm realizing that the, the gospel has shifted in the... Um, the wherewithal of the saints have shifted as well, because I don't know where in the Bible it told us to be led by our emotions, but um, it's not in there. Your emotions do not dictate your place in God. Your faith does. Your obedience does. Are you the one that will lay down their life so that others can be saved? Are you the one to say, I'll forgive anyhow to show mercy to others? Are you the one? Because the fact of the matter is, is that trouble don't last always. Trouble don't last always. Yeah, it don't. It don't. So what is your response going to be? What is your response going to be in those hard seasons? Because we're looking over the life of Joseph. We're not talking about a couple of months. We're looking at multiple instances in his life. What is your response going to be? We often say because it's hot and it's popular for God, I live for God, I die. The fact of the matter is, is that you're uh, some of us. I won't, you know, I'm not speaking for everybody, but some of uh, our lives do not reflect that. Mm-mm. And I can honestly say that because I was forgot I live, forgot I let I die until he started taking people that meant something to me. And I was like, all right, God, <laughs> this relationship could die. Because for all of this, Lord, you could have kept me out the game. I'm just saying. And that's me being very, very honest. Very, very honest. There are times when I woke up and I literally said, God, I don't, not on the suicidal, you know, I want to kill myself. But real talk, if you didn't wake me up tomorrow morning, I would be a okay with that and if let's be even more honest um <clears throat> your girl was real low real real dark and the thing is is the one thing that god has made um or created me to be was very self-aware um so like i can allow not allow but you know no i'm gonna use the right words uh-huh allow myself to go low for a certain a period of time but i began to feel like i wasn't coming back up 
I begin to lose myself in grief. I begin to lose myself in darkness and sadness and depression to the point where I was like, uh, uh, uh-uh. I don't know what's going to happen. I literally, because my foundation is in Christ and um, tradition, I will say that for that season, um, tradition saved my life. So y'all can say what y'all want to say, but there needs to be a healthy balance, hands off. Um, I woke up. It was a Sunday morning. I'll never forget it. I put my clothes on. I got in that Uber. I was on the phone with my friend Shireen. We got off the phone and I literally cried out in the back of that Uber tears running down my face I said God if you don't do it it won't be done and I promise you if you don't do it today I'm not coming back see you in five years (coughs) see you in 10 whatever it is but you said that weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning you said there's a time to do to to mourn you like this is your words okay your girl's trying to come out and it's not working and I'm not going to live like this because I'm not going to self-medicate with alcohol I'm not going to self-medicate with pornography. I'm not going to self-medicate with entertaining men who don't have any issues in my life. I'm not going to self-medicate with just giving my attention to any and everybody. Like, don't get it wrong. It was cool for a season, you know. Um, well, well, not everything. But, like, you know, in the moment, it was like, okay, cool. We live. But no, no, because I knew freedom. When you know what you came from. You run, it's like the prodigal son. He got up into that slop and he said, now wait a minute. <laughs> if the servant in my father's house is living better than this, I'm finna get up. And that's what I did. I got in that, in that Uber and I said, now, Lord, if you don't do it, it won't be done. And I said it and I meant it. And when I tell you, God met me at that church. I said, okay. I woke up the next morning. I even testified about this on my Facebook. I woke up the next morning and that cloud of heaviness, It broke. I literally woke up with joy in my heart. I literally woke up with like, usually when I woke up in the morning, like there would be like this heaviness over my eyes and I just like, ooh, ooh, well, it's still here. But I mean, I'm trucking it. Baby, I woke up with so much joy. I physically felt a difference. Trouble don't last always. And I was able to get through that season to encourage people to, to let them know that there is an end to grieving. There is. It sucks, but there is a way out. There is. In that moment, in that season of darkness, I didn't feel like there was a purpose. And I really was wanting, I really, if I can be honest, I definitely wanted to give the rounds. And I just knew I was going to lose, so I didn't really say it out my mouth. But I really was like, Lord, if there was a way that, you know, we could box, maybe not you because you got, but like an angel, like my guardian angel, because I feel like it's not doing its job. I really want you to reveal it, but then not because angels are not, um, like the people that we see in movies. They got a lot of eyes and stuff and I'm, you know, I'm kind of scary. Um, but either way, (laughs) a good 30 seconds, a good 30 seconds because it's raggedy. I'm saying all this to encourage you. I'm saying all this so that you can understand, um, where I'm going, which is, is trouble's not going to last always. And you'll be the one. You'll be the one to turn that situation around. If you decide to press to live a life that is honorable to God, even when it doesn't feel like it. You don't get to ch- pick and choose when to serve him. Doesn't make it effective. It doesn't. I choose to serve God in the hard times. Sometimes it's easier said than done. Yeah, but guess what? I make a decision to do so. I choose to serve him. And I think that's what sometimes we get twisted and we forget about that we chose this life. He didn't make us. Salvation is a choice. It's a gift. You can receive the gift or 
not receive the gift. Either way, show decision, right? I choose my deliverance. I choose to honor God. I choose to listen to him. I choose to praise him. I choose. There was a, you know, we get a lot of, um, you know, I'm part of the black church. So that's the only part of the delegation I can talk about. But we have a lot of cliches or like little cute sayings like I'm praising him in the hallway between blessings. But what happens when the door is a lot further than you thought and the hallway is a lot longer? Because uh, the, the shouting, don't, don't be shouting. The walking, don't be walking. Okay, the praising don't be praising like it's supposed to do. I'd be like, I'm going to be on. But you'll be the one. And I just want to encourage you to keep your faith. I encourage you to go forward. I encourage you to remind yourself that there is a means to, the, to an end. That God is going to work something out. That he has to because it's in his care. It's because it's a part of his character, but also because it's in his word. All things work together. All things work together for the good for them that love him. If you're in his will, it has to come to the good. It has to end up for the good. So I just want to encourage you, keep the faith. Keep walking. I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking. God is so faithful. He really, really is so faithful. And I just want to encourage you with that today. Um, please send prayers up as I go comfort a friend today. Um, she lost her grandmother. So um, pray for me because y'all know I ain't been to a... A funeral since, you know, since since Denise. So, go ahead and lift me up. My God. Um, I love y'all so much. Thank you for rocking with me. Um, stay tuned for next Wednesday at 12 o'clock. We will be dropping and um, you'll be the one. Let's go into prayer. Father God, I pray for those who are listening today. I pray that they got something out of the words that were said, that they are encouraged. Father, I pray for those who are in the middle of their seasons um, and they're not comfortable and they're ready to drop the mantle and they're ready to let go of their faith and they don't understand what's happening. I pray that you encourage their hearts. I pray that you remind them of your goodness and your mercy. I pray that you remind them of the ultimate goal. I pray that you show them a token of your goodness and your mercy, but not only that, God, but that you remind them of their history with you. I pray that you send encouragement by people who they've um, affected in their lives. I pray that they get random text messages about how much they um, encouraged them and loved on somebody um, just so they can see that there is a means to an end, that they are not working in vain. I pray for those, oh God, who are ready to throw in the, who are ready to throw in the towel because they feel like this isn't worth it. I pray, God, they remember their passion for you again. I pray that they remember how you saved them and how you set them free. I pray that they remember of the day of salvation the day that it knocked on their doors I pray that they remember the pits that they were in and they didn't know how they were going to get out of and yet and still you brought them out I thank you hallelujah for your delivering power I thank you for how you're faithful to your children I'm faith I'm thankful for the way that you bring light in even the darkest of areas how you call us out of the pits how you call us out of the caves and you love on us anyhow. I thank you for that, Father. I ask you to encourage the hearts of the believer. I ask you, oh God, to continue to um, move in them and for them. God, that you continue to make ways out of no ways. I pray that they will continue to fall in love with your word, not just with your hands, not with just what you can do, but God, for who you are. I pray that they fall in love with the character of God. You are Jaira. You are Rapha. You are Elohim. You are God. You are the one who is and is to come. You are the great I am that I am. You are the one that we choose to serve. And for that, we say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
All right, y'all. Thank you for chilling with me. Again, this is Cassie Molassi reporting on Thors and Vines, where we throw pearls just not to swine. <laughs> I love y'all. Talk to y'all later. Bye.